Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. So, um, let's see, I guess it wouldn't be last week. It would be two weeks ago. And for a couple of weeks, we've been in um, 1 Corinthians 11, focused on the Lord's table. And we focus specifically on looking at um, the examination that's mentioned there. How many of you were with us for that? It'll help me to know. Okay, good. I won't repeat too much of it. Um, but it's a very specific examination, right? It's um, to examine what? To examine that we're not at fault of not discerning the body of Christ, not discerning God in us and who we are as the body of Christ, as an effective place, as, as an open place for the Spirit of God to be in so that His will can be done among us, right? It's a very particular examination in the context of that passage. Um, and then you know what comes next, right? After he has that discussion about the Lord's table, um, starts the listing, one of the scriptural listings of spiritual gifts. So um, if I was a good little pastor, I would move right on and go on and we would be teaching out of the listing of spiritual gifts. And I just feel like the Lord has strongly on my heart that we're going we're gonna to kind of pause. We're going to stay where we're at for a minute. Um, I know that's coming. In fact, that's one of the Sunday school classes in that insert. So sign up for that. But, um, but he's asking me to pause for a minute because there's something far um, far more important to, to have established that allows for the release of spiritual gifts. How many of you would like to see spiritual gifts far more released and far more powerfully operating in this place? Good. Almost everybody. Some, some in here don't want it, but that's okay. We'll leave you alone. <laughs> that's good. But see, the thing is, is um, the spiritual gifts are what? They are the, the Holy Spirit of God is a person is the person of God in you and upon you. Okay, when you become a Christian, when you give your life to Christ, when you accept that redemption, the Holy Spirit makes residence in you, right? You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Scripture also talks about the Spirit coming upon you, right? Upon you for kingdom purpose, for the release of the will of heaven. Amen? So now we're going to look at this um, we're going to look this morning at a passage that I'm going to show you is exactly the same pattern that we've been studying that's in 1 Corinthians 11. We're going to look in the second chapter of Philippians. I think we start there. If you want to start turning there, you can. Um, it's going to take me a minute to get there. But I'm going to show you that it's, it is exactly the same pattern. And that shouldn't surprise us. In other words, in 1 Corinthians, one thing that we saw in chapter 11 there is that there's some harsh words. Do you remember? It gets kind of harsh. It kind of takes you aback. And he's saying, examine yourself that you don't come to this table unworthy, failing to discern the body. Or what? Or you're, you're guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. We, we dug into that, right? But harsh, right? Why is it so harsh? I'm going to show you another passage that's just as harsh, and I'm going to show you that it's exactly the same context because he's deeply concerned. Now listen to me. He's deeply concerned about us being his body, being in unity and love so that he is free to make his will happen. 
Do you believe that? Okay, go with me to um, Philippians chapter 2, and we'll just um, start to dig in here. Now, I'm thinking of this. I've got to tell you this. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm going to throw this in. This came to my mind. You know, when I, when I first started here in this role, um, the, the previous pastor was preaching his way through. We didn't know exactly when the transition was going to happen. And he was right at Ephesians chapter 3. And to me, that was just the Holy Spirit of God loving me because um, Ephesians chapter 4 has always been my chapter, right? And I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is just, to me, it was the evidence of calling. And I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing this. And then so I sat down to prepare that first message, and I'm right there in Ephesians chapter 4, and the Lord says to me, that's not what we're doing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, that can't be right. He was, it's right here. No, and I'm arguing with him going, no, this is where we're at. And he's, I still haven't really preached out of, out of that chapter or preached on, on spiritual gifts and the arranging of the body, and it's like I've never had permission. And it's like now I'm getting like, okay, we're on one of those gift listings. Here we go. And he's still going, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. So here's what we're doing. Here we are in um, the first verse there, chapter 2. It says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ... If any comfort of love, and actually I'm going to stop. You know i got to kind of drive you nuts a little bit. That word consolation is um, periclesis. In other words, it's the same word for periclete, for Holy Spirit. If there's any spirit among you, any spiritual consolation, okay? Um, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship, now this is a lot of what we're going to be talking about this morning. This is not fellowship like, hey, let's have a party. It's so fun to be with you. That's certainly part of it. But this is the word koinonia. And we're going to talk about that. Some, in other words, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. This is the word that is in this kind of fellowship is where the Spirit of God is free and gifts for the will of the kingdom to break out happen. It's that atmosphere. Okay, we're going to talk about that. And if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Now, every once in a while, I start to go crazy and, and dig at the language of something. And I go, start going down this trail. That happened this time, and it was so fascinating to me. I, I'm just going to share this with you. And I'm going to tell you what we're doing. We're beginning to describe the atmosphere the body, the family that the Spirit of God is free to come upon and remain. Do we want that? Yes. Upon and remain, okay? So I'm just going to tell you about this word like-minded. It really it comes from two words, okay? Um, the first one, just the word like, um, completely shocked me, okay? It, it kind of in a literal sense, now they would know that it means like, but... It literally comes from like um, a root that means baffling wind or the root word of breath, like a, a perplexing breath. That's the atmosphere. Okay, like and then minded comes from the word air. In other words, the Greek version of the word air or breath. It lit now, 
when I looked at this definition, I ran into a word where I'm like, oh, great. I'm, I'm having to look up the words of the definition <laughs> to understand the word. And a word that it used is it, so it said, um, air as naturally circumambient. Now, be honest. How many of you know what circumambient means? <laughs> Who's a lot smarter than I am? <laughs> I go and look it up and I'm amazed. You know, don't you? Circumambient is, is literally like being naturally and automatically completely engulfed and surrounded by. And so I thought if like, so um, I'm a diver, or I like to say I'm a diver. I get to go maybe like once a year and sometimes I have to skip a year. I love to dive. And it's this amazing thing, okay, when you're on the boat, and it's, it's time to go. First of all, it's one of those things where you'd like to kind of build yourself up, like, okay, I'm going to go on when I'm ready, and I'm going to count it down. But you're, you're di- you have to go as a group. So your dive master does this thing where they look around, and they go, okay. And everybody goes, you're, you have to. You have to go, okay. <laughs> and they go, and that means go. And so whether you like it or not, it's go time. You fall off backwards, and you're, you're upside down, head first and backwards, and you plunge underwater, right? And there's this really kind of crazy and wacky transition. But as soon as your tank writes you, you're completely aware that you're in another realm. Every single sense is different, right? There's lots of sound down there, but it's completely different. Lots of things to see. The feeling on your skin. There's taste. There's smell. It's completely alien instantly when you get into this other realm. I'm going to tell you that's this word. Literally, if you study, if you study this out, it says um, to breathe unconsciously, okay, and then air as naturally circumambient like surrounded by water, Okay. I'm going to tell you that everything that we're going to move forward in and look at this morning is, is God's words about his body as a place where his breath and his spirit, especially as we come together as a body, is another realm. When we gather in here, when we gather as the body of Christ, we are, we are creating a realm for the Holy Spirit to be in that is not of this world. It's completely other. It's where he's free to come upon and remain for his will through you. I don't know about you, that that was enough for me. Um, (laughs) I was like, you know, as I studied that out, I was already like, that's that's a wrap. Um, But we'll go on. We'll go on. So now the word mind, now it just gets better. I'm going to keep digging at language. I know I don't usually do this this much, but um, the word mind there is, um, has implications of like the same sentiment or opinion. But the, digger, um, the deeper you dig, you get to where literally the second time in this verse where it's actually, I haven't read the verse. So if I'm losing you, that's me. I'm doing that. So it goes on and says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord. Now, I'll tell you that one accord is some sukos. In other words, um, co it literally means co-spirited, sharing the same spirit, the same breath. 
This is the atmosphere. See, we can go right on in and we can teach the list of gifts. We can start, we can start encouraging people to, to go, how does this work, right? We go from the secret place to stepping out and taking risk because we believe God. And back to the secret place to stepping out and taking risk in the Holy Spirit because we believe God. You see that? We can jump right in and teach that. But um, what God really has impressed on my heart is we have to understand that there's, there's an atmosphere. There's, there's us being the body of Christ that positions us to be the people of his presence. Does that make sense? You understand there's no such thing as a spiritual gift without his presence. <laughs> they are the manifestation of him. They're the manifestation of his goodness for and among us to make witness and advance the kingdom. They're him. They're not something that you have. Now you have, he made you amazing because he loves you like that. You have, you have uh, talents. You have skills. You have um, passions. You have art. <laughs> You've got stuff. But I want to tell you, when the Spirit of God gets into those things and it's, it's Him, we're talking about a different realm. We're not talking about something that's not from around here, are you? Kind of thing. See, the body of Christ uh, experience is intended to be an experience of another realm created by God through each other for his interest. And because we're his friends, his interests are our interest, right? You know, God calls you friend. Okay, let's, let's read on. Go to verse 3. And I'm going to connect this back to, to where we've been studying in Corinthians. And I know, Band of Brothers, you guys, one of you should probably come up here and jump in because I know you guys have been studying this so you're more you're more entrenched in it than I am that's good but and the women are studying community right now too right what a coincidence (laughs) verse 3 says let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others as better than himself. You see, we're talking about an atmosphere for the Spirit. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And then Paul here, so so, I'll leave that alone. Then Paul here begins to, to use Jesus as an example of the mind that we are to have as a member as a part of this body. So using Jesus in verse 5, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Better translation there probably, he didn't consider it something to be held on to. I'm not sure, I think that's the NIV. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now I'm going to keep going here, but I I just have to stop for a minute. As we're approaching the celebration of his resurrection... 
I, I just want you to realize as we're in this season of the year that what we're talking about is what, what he did to make this possible. To make the body of Christ possible. Do you know um, God is God? Old Testament, New Testament, um, contrary to popular belief, he has not changed, not even a little bit. He's, he's God, period. <laughs> you know, there are covenants change. There are some things that did change, okay? And you know that one of them is you read in the Old Testament, and I know you know this. I'm just going to bring it up in this context, okay? In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God in, at some times in varied places to move forward the purposes of God, the Spirit would come upon some, come upon a prophet, come upon a king, Okay? The New Testament change, and you know this, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What's different? The, the Spirit would come upon and remain in his body. In every believer, every son of God would be filled with the glory of heaven, would be filled with the person of the Holy Spirit for the will of heaven. No alleluia or nothing. Wow. That's, um, just so you know, that's a really exciting fact. That's a big change. <laughs> Thank you, Joy. <laughs> that's why we have her sit right up here in front. So verse 9 says, therefore, okay, because of all of that, because of Jesus, and what he's done, and the example of the mind that we are to have. It says, therefore, and this is talking about his position change. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now listen, I'm going to tell you there's a spiritual principle here. If Paul is setting forward Jesus as our example, now don't get me wrong, this is not a weird church, okay? Um, Jesus is not just an example. So if that's what you heard me say, that's not what I'm saying. He's far more than that. He's your creator. He's your lover. He's, he's very God himself, okay? But he's also our example. And if this is the example, there's a spiritual principle here. Okay, and the principle is the more you humble yourself under God for the love of each other, the more he exalts the authority of his courts, the authority of heaven in you. Even Jesus, listen, if true for Jesus, <laughs> it's got, it's, yes, it's true for you, okay? How much more for you? He was God. He just laid down the divine attributes, it's what the Word of God tells us. And now he's exalted. He's the name in which every name is under. He's seated at the right hand of the Father where all authority comes from. And he laid a principle in his example. The more your single-mindedness, I think I skipped over this, but the more you are single-minded on love to each other and you're creating that atmosphere that the Holy Spirit can come upon and remain, that humility that single focus to love each other releases, makes you become the body of Christ and releases the authority of heaven through you. I 
That's the principle. Okay, now, here's why we're reading this. Philipp, um, verse 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So there it is. I'm showing you the same pattern that we looked at before. Did you catch it already? Harsh language, really harsh language. Work out? I mean, first of all, you just kind of go, um, let's see, salvation by faith alone. I can never work hard enough. Did Paul just have the audacity to say work out? Not just work out, but work out with fear and trembling? What are we talking about here? This is the kingdom where everything's freely given. You read the first two chapters of Ephesians and you read your lottery ticket that no spiritual thing is withheld and you can't work hard enough to get any of it. It's all, what? Freely given. What's Paul talking about? Work out your own salvation with fear? With trembling? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something out of the way, okay? Just so we don't run off on any erroneous rabbit trails. First of all, what you're about to hear me say next and what I believe God's asked me to share, okay, is not an attempt to make you think that you shouldn't approach a holy God with fear and trembling. You should, okay? <laughs> That's appropriate. And the other thing I need to put out there is, um, do you know how a few weeks ago I was telling you that the verse where it says examine yourself to make sure are you discerning the body of Christ, in the way you approach this table. I was telling you, it's one of those verses that's taken out of context. I mean, most of the time, it's just ripped out of its context. And it's made to be just a blanket examination for sin, to come to the table where everything is freely given. This, again, this here, again, is going to be a verse that I'm going to tell you is, just, is usually ripped out of context. But now, here's what I want to do. I want to give you permission how many of you have had an experience, an encounter with Jesus um, in which he spoke to you by, by providing for you a singular scripture and he spoke to you in that way? Okay, all over the place, good. And then have you ever gone back later and looked at the context or heard a teaching on it later and you've went, wait a second, that's, um, that's not even what that verse means. But does it mean that God didn't use it to speak to you in real time, in that moment, for exactly what you need? No. So, so look, um, he did. He absolutely did. And don't you ever let a theologian steal that from you. Okay? Um, here's the trick. If a preacher ever takes it out of context and wields it upon you, you don't receive that. <laughs> but God's the author. Okay? He can, he can have an intimacy with you out of what he authored with you anytime he wants. Amen? Is that okay? I just want to make sure we're not laying like guilt or stealing intimacy from you. Don't ever let theologians take your intimacy with Jesus. That's not okay with us. Okay, having said that, I'm going to read this again. It says, Therefore, my beloved... As you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
I'm going to tell you part of what's going on here. You've got to remember the context. What, is, what are we talking about? This whole time, we're talking about unity in the body, love in the body, the atmosphere where, the, where we become built up into a house that is the temple of the Spirit. That's the context Okay, so what are we working out? Now, what you have to understand, in fact, I'm going to jump. I just feel this. Um, the word salvation for them, we've become a um, uh, say, say the little prayer and you're good to go society, okay? But I'm just going to put it out there. Jesus never said go make converts, right? He said go, go make disciples. So um, we, when they used the word salvation, they understood that that meant, you know, step one, come to the Lord, accept what he's done for you. But salvation for them, and actually going all the way back to Old Testament, okay? Salvation from Egypt, being saved from Egypt, was a progressive journey of being set apart. And you're, you're going to find, I'm going to read this in the Amplified in just a little while here, um, but you're going to find that salvation is a concept of not just coming to him, but of allowing the Spirit of God to finish a work, to bring you all the way to everything God is trying to give and accomplish through his body. You see, that's what we work out with fear and trembling. And I'm going to show you. Now, here's, I, I keep talking about this pattern. Going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now I'm going to show you this. The harshness of this language. Go to John chapter 13. It's a famous spot. You're going to know this scripture. This is why you fear and tremble over it. Okay? Because it's the center of his plans for us as his body. Just like when he's in, in uh, Corinthians 11, where he's talking about that table, he's talking about the center of his plans for us. It's, it's at that table that every provision of heaven is available and freely given. So when they approach, not discerning themselves as the body of Christ, and in selfish and unloving ways, without the love, then he's very, very harsh. Examine yourself to see that that's not happening, right? And so here, okay, John 13, I'm just going to read this. Verse 31 says, So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now think about both of these contexts that we're reading. In both cases, Paul, in the Spirit of God, is addressing lack of unity, lack of love in the body. And in both cases, it gets really harsh language. You see that? Really harsh language that almost makes you go, in this kingdom of grace... There's this harsh, exhorting language. Well, it seems like the one place where, where there's really no tolerance whatsoever is when we can't love one another. 
when we're not a place where our single focus, like, like, being, like being surrounded by water, is being in the Spirit of God so that we are the unified body providing the will of heaven for each other. Does that make sense? It's getting really quiet. Am I getting too intense? Are we doing okay? Okay, I'll keep going then. <laughs> Go to um, Matthew chapter 18, and actually I'm going to start in verse 20, and then I'm going to skip back. This is another one of those, I'm not sure why the Lord seems to be putting me on this kick of things that are usually ripped out of context. This, you'll be familiar with this verse, 15, um, I'm sorry, 18 verse 20 says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. That's a principle, right? How many of you know just offhand what context that appears in, that verse? Did you know that that appears in a disciplinary context? If you go back to verse 15 with me, here's the context. It says, moreover... If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector." Harsh again, right? Boy, it seems like we've got a coincidental pattern here. Every time there's, there's a problem of love between brothers and sisters in the family of God, it gets harsh really quick, doesn't it? Why? Because how, I'm going to keep reading there, but how do they know that you are the disciples of Jesus? You love each other. Isn't that funny? Now, I know there are places that say love, you know, love your enemy and all of that stuff. But apparently, God is very, very concerned <laughs> that we are especially focused on loving each other. In fact, we don't really have time to go through it this morning, but I'm going to tell you that if the only thing we did was love each other, the kingdom of God would advance uncontrollably. It's what the word of God, that's the picture it paints for us. We could lay out, we could blueprint really, uh, <laughs> what do I want to say? Really complex kingdom advancement programmatic plans. <laughs> we could come up, we could come up with missions, strategies, and, and I'm telling you, if we just loved the way each other, <laughs> if we just made it our single focus to be in a unity where the Spirit could come upon and remain in this body, we become so alien to this world and the Spirit of God is so free to have His will be done among us that I'm going to tell you something, the, the kingdom advancement would explode just because God would be free in our love. You know, the next part in Corinthians, now I'm really going off the rails, but the next chapter in Corinthians would be chapter 13, right? Right? 
famous love chapter. In other words, chapter 11, chapter, tw- chapter 11, talking about that table that we studied for, I think, two, two whole weeks. And then chapter 12, the, the, the gifts, the listing of gifts, what? It's really, that's all just a foundation to get to what the real deal is. Chapter 13, just love. <laughs> that's the atmosphere. Unity. Connected as a body is the atmosphere where healing gifts and prophetic gifts and, and words and discerning of spirits and all the, all the things that God wants to provide to make this a place that is not done in human effort, but is done as a place where the Spirit of God, <laughs> where the will of heaven, where what's declared in the courts of heaven is what happens here, that, that it happens in a body of unity and love. Okay, I told you I was going to keep reading, right? Um, So verse 18 says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you recognize we're still in the same context? We're We're still talking about unity and love between brothers and sisters in the family of God. That's the context here. And finally it goes on and it says, again I say to you that if two of you, what? Agree. That's why in Corinthians and that's why in Philippians um, there's such harshness and, and entire, we call them chapters, but entire portions of those letters are devoted to writing to the churches about where they're, they're starting to make schisms and disagreements and I like that leader and you like his teaching. Well, I don't agree with him and and it's really pointing out that what God's concerned about is how are you loving each other? So what I think I stopped mid-sentence there. It says um, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If you agree, if you're in that atmosphere that releases the, it releases the authority of heaven. That's what that says. And it goes on and says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. People of the presence of God. What makes you different? Moses knew all the way back. All the way back, what was supposed to make us different. He said, if your presence doesn't go with us, then forget the whole darn thing. I'm out, doesn't he? That's what this is talking about. We can, uh, tell you what, we can, like I'm saying, we can make programs and we can try to calendar things out. We can schedule things and, and do all the right things. <clears throat> and in the absence of love and unity, we haven't positioned ourselves to be the people that the Spirit can come upon and remain. Does anybody know a joke? <laughs> okay, this is, what, this is really on my heart. You know, how many of you use the Amplified Bible? couple of you great great that's good um i haven't for a long time and then it got brought back to my memory it's a great version for study i don't like using it when i'm like in a prayer time and 
and I'm just kind of having some intimacy with the Lord. But when I'm really digging, it's awesome because what it does is it kind of pulls out every connotation that the original language or the culture or whatever would feed at it. And it's like um, you had someone do all the work for you. I'm going to read um, Philippians um, chapter 2, uh, 12 and, verse 12 and 13 out of the Amplified. We don't have it. We don't own the rights for the screen. So she's going to put it up there in the King James if you want to look at it up there. But I think this is really powerful. I'm just going to read this scripture, okay, in the Amplified. It says, Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I'm absent, work out, cultivate, carry out to the final goal and fully complete, accomplish, and finish your own salvation. So you have a big part in this, don't you? I'm going to show you that, that the real part is all God's in just a minute. But you have a participation part. You have a heart part that you realize you're being asked to step in and work this out. Now, I don't want us to get off track. What's the context? What are we working out? Being saved? Being good enough to be saved? No. Right. The context, what are we working out? We are working out coming into the fullness of being his body. Okay, um, so many places that we could pull out and we, we won't, so you don't throw stuff at me. But we could, we could pull out all kinds of places where it talks about you being a member, you just being a part of the whole, that God's plan is you're really not even in the fullness of your own identity until you're brought into the whole, right? We could study that for six weeks, just that alone. But here you're being told cultivate carry out to the fullness of the goal and fully complete, accomplish, finish your own salvation. Now remember, salvation is the fullness of what God is trying, in this context and in most contexts, the way that word is used in the word of God is bringing all of us together into the fullness that he's planned. Fullness. It goes on and says, um, so you're working this out, work out your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. You see, our goal, um, do you know what the goal is? <laughs> our goal is becoming into the fullness of that body so we we could we could race right in and teach on the gifts and in fact i love that that that's about to happen that the guys are already studying it. i believe the women are studying it and now there's going to be a sunday class very coincidental that all of that's going on but i want to tell you that it is the it is the atmosphere it is being the reality, being a host to the Spirit of God that makes any of that study or any of that looking at, at gifts. How many of you desire gifts to, to 
um, you know that God is pressing during this season for, for you to come into a greater awareness and a greater effectiveness in your gifts. Okay. Step one <laughs> is making sure that we are the place of the Spirit, that we are in that love and unity where the Spirit of God can come upon and remain. Because spiritual gifts are not ability. It's not human abilities. It's not talents or skills or training. It's the effective supernatural outworking of God himself is gifts. You know that. You guys know that. You guys are smart. Now here it is. Okay. Um, in the New King James, um, on to verse 13, it says, for, so you're, you know, this, it says you're working out your salvation, right? And it says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now I'm going to read this verse out of the Amplified too in a second. But first of all, did just notice that for his good pleasure, look at somebody and say, I'm for his pleasure. Actually, let me read this in the Amplified. This is just too good. It says, it says, Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. Effectually at work in you. You know God is very effective. He's the most effective person I know. Energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Look at somebody and say, God delights in me. <laughs> I am completely satisfying to God. I am for his good pleasure. See, that's the good news. Um, you obviously have a part. There is an obedience here. When it says, work out with fear and trembling, that, that's a part. You, you participate. And then, but here in verse 13, it's so important to recognize that it is God who does all of it. <laughs> That's thankfulness. You, you step out in faith that he's going to do all of it. <laughs> and he's doing it for his good pleasure. What do you say? He, he's dancing over you. He's crazy nuts in love with you. He's going to do it. Other places say he is going to finish the work. And what is that work? Bringing you into the fullness of, of his idea when he made you. What is the work? Bringing us together. You understand, you, you don't even get the fullness of your own identity until it's connected into the oneness of God. He had the idea that you are his body when you come together, okay? So individually, now you know this. I just have to put this out there. Individually, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you come together, you become his body. What does that mean? See, his body, do you know that as his body, we are carrying out the same ministry as when his, his flesh feet touched the earth the ministry didn't change when you come together you carry out the reigning bringing the authority of heaven 
You carry out the prophetic ministry of Jesus and you carry out the priestly ministry of Jesus reconciling the world to himself, bringing, bringing everyone into oneness. Your identity in Christ become, comes into its fullness as you're brought into the body of Christ, as you're connected in love and unity to believers. He's set free to make his will happen. Now, it sounds like I'm scolding y'all, so I, sh- I should just throw this out there that um, I love being a part of this specific body. Always have. Um, you guys have a love and affection for each other that's amazing. Now, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to overstate. I'm not going to pretend like we don't have our moments of disunity in our little... We, we do. We do. I, don't, I think, you know, every church I've ever been in, there's always been people there. Um, so, and uh, at, even if I'm in the building alone, I'm in there. So it's already messed up except for God. But... Um, but you guys are amazing. I, I know that God is doing this thing. I'm just telling you, as I'm, as I'm praying, I know that God is preparing us for things that he's about to do for this county, um, for, for, the, for the area, for starting in your families. He's already doing it. How many, of you, how many of you know that the Spirit of God is moving in more powerful ways and in new ways just in your family than you've ever seen before in your whole life? Okay, Mm, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble if I keep going. Let me see. Um. (laughs) Your little whisper's going, keep going, keep going. (laughs) What do you want to say, Lord? Okay. You know, I'm, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll leave time for um, ministry for people, people who want ministry this morning. I'm just going to close with a couple of things, okay? Um, in fact, I'm just going to kind of summarize because I think it's really important. I think this is going to lead into an entire series, probably going into the summer that we're going to be that we're going to be focused on here. So um, first off, just um, leave this morning in the assurance that, that God is knitting us in new ways, okay? God is, um, God is transforming us into a knit-together body where the parts really are functioning in love and unity with each other. Do y'all, y'all see it happening already, right? Well, he's not even yet begun. I'm just telling you when I pray, he's, a, he's about to knit us into the most effective force for his spirit around here. It's going to be unbelievable. Do you believe that with me? And it's in an atmosphere where, what's the word? Circumambient. I think that's my new favorite word now. <laughs> you can have it as your favorite too if you want. Um, but engulfed in the spirit. And, and it, Notice in the context that it's in the context of each other. Circum- See, you understand, if, you're the sp- if the Spirit of God is in you and the Spirit of God is in the person and next to you and, then, and so forth, 
And we're all in unity and love together. We're creating an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit of God is circumambient. And I'm convinced of this. You know, I'm just going to close with this thought. Um, in my experience, and it's, you know, it's always been my calling. I'm going to put this out there. Even back when, um, well, I was not the guy I am now. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just put it at that. Um, my calling has always been to kind of, to kind of uh, organize and knit together body life, even when I just completely stunk at it because I didn't know how to love people well yet. Um, that was always the passion, the fire that God put in me. And in my experience, th this is how this works. We often think um, God's going to reveal our gifts, reveal I've got this gift, and then we can step out and start moving in that gift, right? That's the general paradigm. Now I'm going to tell you, what I've seen is, is as people <laughs> are, are knit into a body, the body of Jesus in unity and love, the gift starts to manifest and the person almost, in most cases, they need someone else to point it out and go, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? You're manifesting this gift. That's called word of knowledge. That's called discerning spirits. That's a gift of healing. Did you know every time you, or I shouldn't say every time, do you know that um, crazy every, I'm, I can't get away from it. <laughs> I want the will of heaven to be every time. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> when you lay hands and pray, people get well. Did you notice that? Like, especially when you're part of that prayer team. Did you? And that's how it happens. When we're knit in unity and love as the body of Christ, the Spirit of God, it's, it's not something you do. The Spirit of God begins to manifest himself. And that's when we point out to each other, do you see what you're doing? That's a gift. You see, we think of it in reverse. We strive to figure out our gift. <laughs> and the gift, do you know the gift that you have? Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gift. The glory of God in you. That's the gift. I decided a long time ago that God can, God can manifest any part of himself in me that he wants anytime he wants. <laughs> I quit trying to refine and figure out exactly what my gift was. Because it got to the point that some, sometimes he was just surprising me. Uh, you know, I've gone through my dry seasons. I'm just like you, or I'm like, what are we doing here, Lord? But then other times I'm going along and he just... He just surprises me at all the things he wants to do. And I've noticed that it never really happens when I'm not loving people well. <laughs> but I've noticed that when I, when I have a yearning heart, which has to be the miracle of God, because I never really was a love people that well guy myself anyway, so it, it's, it's evidence of God in me when I'm loving someone well and I'm, when I'm really crying out in love for a person, it's amazing how, how God just does what he wants. And I see the manifestation of himself, of spiritual gifts beginning to pour out of that. Amen? Does that make sense? 
We are going to begin... Um, in fact, we had our leadership advance this week. We had our, our meeting of um, ministry leaders um, get together. Um, and one thing that I just really exhorted of our leaders is that in our ministries, whether it's um, home fellowships, whether it's uh, ministries here in the church or whatever we're doing, whatever you're a part of, we're going to be fostering safe places for you to be vulnerable for healing and bold places for you to be able to step out and, and go ahead and risk it. Go ahead and risk believing that God wants to move through you. Places where it's safe to, to mess. Well, boy, I sure thought God wanted me to, to pray that for you. I sure thought that's what he was telling me to tell you, that he, he wanted to say that to you. And have it be a mess. You know that's got to be okay. And we're going to, we've encouraged all of our leaders that we're beginning to make bold places for ministry where you come, where you, you're in the secret place with him. And you, you, you speak with him and you're in that secret place. And then you come out in power. And then you come out in a boldness. And you go ahead and risk. Okay? Do y'all want that? Do you want the person next to you? Would you rather they were risky in the Holy Spirit and come offer you what they think God is trying to give you through them? Or would you rather they be timid and really make sure that they, you know, what do you, what's your preference? Go on and do it, right? Just tell me. Every word's supposed to be weighed anyway. Amen? No matter what anybody says to you, you're going to weigh it in the Holy Spirit. You're going to take it to God and pray about it. Oh, gosh, I love you guys. Okay, let's pray. And then, and actually, um, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to have some ministers come up here. I don't know what for yet. Um, <laughs> and we'll just see what the Lord wants to do. Father God, we are so honored that you um, dance over us. We're so honored that you chose us to be um, a part of your body. And... Uh, Right now, if you want to, just stretch your hands up like you're receiving something right now, okay? Father God, we just, we receive that we are your idea, that you are nuts in love with us. And when you made us, you made a unique design. We thank you for that unique design. And we just receive, in the name of Jesus, we receive our unique identity when we come into you right now. We ask that in the authority of your name the only name under which every knee should bow, that you would be binding in the name of Jesus um, the darkness and attack against the beautiful and amazing identities that you have created in these people. And, and in the freedom of that, Lord, I ask that you would be releasing your, yourself, your spirit in ways re, um, revealing aspects of, of our identity that we've not seen before. In the name of Jesus, I pray even right now, Lord, that you're, you're just revealing pieces and parts, beautiful gifts, unique passions, and art, and healing, and discerning, and wisdom, and knowledge, and all the unique things. I ask that you would, you would make us a people 
that are loving each other so well and that are, that are in such great unity in your name that your spirit is completely free to release the will of heaven to the people in next to us. I ask that you'd be making a witness, that you would build a reputation, not, not for this church, not for us, but a, rep- a reputation of your own name in Teller County, that people would begin to hear about your name and what you're doing through love in the name of Jesus.